Hello and welcome to The Harsh View with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is David to review the games against Inverness and Cowden Beef in the League Cup, preview Wraith Rovers in the League Cup and Dundee in the Championship, talk about new signings and outgoings at Tynecastle, and we start picking our alternative, Derby 11. How are we? Yeah, all right. Hearts are back. We couldn't be happier, could we? No comment. <laughs> well, well, we'll go right into it. Um, Inverness last week, I think it was Tuesday. I expected better. Yeah, probably the longest 90 minutes of my life uh, until yesterday, of course, and that became even longer than 90 minutes of my life. Um, yeah, it was... Listen, I mean, it was good to, to have Hearts back. Uh, a strange feeling sitting watching a game at Tynecastle on the telly. That's certainly something I'm not used to. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, it was. I'd like to think it's down to lack of match sharpness. Um, new players still looking to kind of gel and get used to sort of the way Nielsen wants them to play. Um, and they were playing against a very stubborn Inverness side. I think we've got to give them enormous credit. I thought they looked a a well-oiled side and, uh, you know, caused us a couple of problems on, on the break. But um, overall, I expected better. And, you know, I think if we had scored at least one of the chances that fell to us in the first half, it might have been a more comfortable night. But um, I think it just highlights that although we do have a fair amount of depth, there's not much quality in that depth. And I think um, we'll heavily rely on our strongest starting eleven, particularly when we come up against better opposition. David, it's um, a lot of Hearts fans think we're we're a cert to win this league. You know, are are we a cert to win this league? Judging on the last two performances, well, I never like saying Hearts are a cert to win anything because they usually find ways to surprise you and absolutely chuck it. But I think look, we are clearly the strongest team in in the, the championship. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm the same with you, Gordon. I'm kind of hoping and praying that that kind of those the two performances. Uh, this week have just been down to, to a lack of match fitness and not enough competitive football to really try and uh, play at the, the 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 top the top gear that we can. Um, but it is a little bit worrying. The first twenty minutes in that game against Inverness were okay. I thought we started at a fairly decent pace and tempo, but we just kind of just kind of as soon as we didn't really create too much, it was kind of like oh let's just let's just kind of pass it around the back. It was a bit too slow. It was very turgid. It was pretty boring to watch as well. Uh, and we missed a couple of guilt-edged chances. Uh, Craig White and especially hitting the bar from six yards. And But it's going to be a long season if we're going to play like that for it. But I don't, I don't think we will. I think, uh, I think performances will improve. At least I hope they do uh, once the league campaign gets underway. Of course, the new rules sort of helped Hearts in a way. There was a lot of debate about the penalty, Gordon, in the Inverness game. Listen, I'm very much old school on the rule of handball. I feel if it touches your arm or your hand, it's a penalty. Um, You know, I I don't buy all this newfangled nonsense that uh, it's got to be below the sleeve and all this and he can't get his arm out the road. I mean, listen, you've seen the way Steve McLean kind of pointed to the spot. He he almost showed the the defender what he had done. And and I agree, I thought he did make a move towards the ball. Listen, you know, pundits enjoy being controversial and they'll always complain about this rule and they'll always moan when penalties are given for it. But 
I guarantee if a penalty hadn't been given for it, they would soon be moaning about it as well. Um, yeah, I thought it was a penalty. Listen, you can argue that we got out of jail a little bit, but I think we would have scored anyway. I think the intensity would have went up still as we hunted for that goal. And I think we would have eventually got it, hopefully, just like we did against Cowden Beef at the weekend. Um, I think, I suppose that's one good thing to come out of the last two games is that um, despite not playing particularly well, we continue to plug away and, uh, and in the end won, won two games. So, yeah, it's not pretty, but I suppose it's effective. And I guess looking back on last season, you might have just uh, offered us that um, compared to maybe uh, when we in particular needed results, you would have took sloppy 1-0s just to get the, the results on board. So, um, yeah, encouraging that we've got six points, but the performances vastly need to improve. Is it about the result or the performance, though, David? Uh, I think, uh, let's be honest, it's about the result, especially being in the lower tier. I think we'll take, 30, what, 27 half arsed performances if we can get uh, enough wins to get up. Um, especially after, Gordon says, after last season. Well, the la- let's be honest, the last 24 months of football we've had to endure, uh, I think we'll take winning, getting that winning feeling back that we've not had for a long time. Um, I think everyone knows that uh, with Nielsen this season as well, I don't think the performances are going to be very pretty. We, we, we know that coming into what, what, we, uh, what we've seen under his uh, tenure before. Uh, not so much in the Championship, I think we did play good football then, but in the Premiership anyway, it was, uh, it was very measured performances that, that were effective and got results. So I, I would expect performances to be a little bit uh, more pleasing uh, to watch than those, but I think at the end of the day, if we get wins, uh, that, that'll be all that matters. Yeah, his, his, his main job, I think, is to come in and stabilise the, the football club and and get it back on a level footing again. Um, but the, the fact is, you know, the, the fans will want to see a better standard of football and a, a better style of football. I mean, listen, no one's expecting us to be Barcelona and, you know, making 26, 27 passes before we have a shot at goal. No, nobody's bored about that, but they want quick attack in football. Um and they want to see, you know, their team score goals. And I think the way we've been set up in the last couple of games, in particular, you just don't see that. You know, I just don't think there's enough quality in there to to play that type of measured football. Listen, it's nowhere near Hearts' strongest side that's been put out over the last two games. But you would still expect most of these players to play a pretty big part in the season. So. It's not particularly encouraging when when they are kind of putting in these sort of performances. Um, listen, we can't properly judge them until they're, they're up and up to speed and, and the strongest players are, you know. And I'm talking about your Harrings and uh, Boyce and Smith back in back in the side, along with um, obviously getting uh, a few of the younger boys back as well. You know, Irvin and things like that up to speed. Uh, Andy Halliday, I'm, I'm keen to see how he'll do as well uh, in a hard shirt. So. Um, there's certainly plenty to to kind of ponder anyway, but um, you know, for for me though, the the biggest kind of issue that Hearts have and Nielsen have at the start of this season is how does he accommodate Walker and and Naismith in the same side? Because I just don't see how they can play together. For me, Walker's best position is a number ten, and that's where Naismith's been playing. Um, Walker's absolutely wasted out wide. You know, it's like being a man down to be honest with you, um, and that's not a criticism towards him. I just don't think that's, you know, I don't think he's effective out there, and, and it's up to the manager to, to find a position where he'll get the best out of him, and placing him out wide or even up front in a two, 
for me is is an effective. He's he's at his best when he's in that ten position where he can pick up the ball and he can run at players and he can create a bit of space and and try and pick players out with a pass, but he can also shoot as well. I just think when you put him out wide, you know, because he's he's not got really that much pace, he struggles out there. And I think, um, yeah, I think he's he's got to find a way where he's got to come up with something anyway to, to accommodate them. I mean, I, I don't necessarily just mean playing both of them. I think maybe one of them might have to become a player who maybe comes on Maybe they replace each other or something like that. I don't know, but I, th- I don't. I don't see any way that they'll both be in, in Hearts' strongest eleven. There's one positive as well, though, is we've we've got enough strength and depth. You could argue that you could maybe have one on the bench to come on and make a difference. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that's probably the, the the way they're going to get the best out of both of them. Um, but let's be honest with you, both of them won't want to be bit bar players, um, and nor should they be for the wages that they'll be on. Um, I think the, 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 the biggest thing for probably, I mean, listen, you don't know how fit Naismith's going to be this season. So, uh, you know, he went off at half time on Saturday. So you just, you're not 100% sure how he's going to be throughout the season. Um, the AG is he needs to be playing games, simple as that. So he might look at it going, if I'm not getting, you know, my game here, then I'll have to move on. But um, it's a tricky one. It really is a tricky one. Of course, we beat Cowdenbeath 1-0. I mean, we, we did win against Inverness 1-0 as well. We're sounding as if we've been beat these two games. Craig Halkett with the goal. Um, he's becoming a bit of a player that seems to just score goals. He's, he's scored more than some of the strikers we've had. He's a bit of a League Cup specialist. He always finds a way. In the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes, it's pretty much his go-to time, isn't it? Uh, he's a good... He's a, one of the... He's, one of the best headers of the ball we've had in a while in the opposition box. We can talk about Berra being one of the best headers in a defensive box, but he couldn't score to save himself uh, for a corner. So, yeah, Halk is uh, brilliant at that. But, uh, yeah, we had to rely on it, really, because it was a, again, it was a pretty it was a, an abysmal game of football to, to watch, wasn't it? I mean, I, I, I ended up not watching for half an hour just because I couldn't bring myself to look at the telly. It was horrible. Do, do you know, for me, for me, the um, the best part of the game was the 10 minutes the stream wasn't working. <laughs> yeah, I, that was when I got my money's worth. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, yeah, I was just glad it, it was over. It was like the goal. Yeah, there it is. Game over. Yeah, turn the TV off. I mean, that, I can't, it can't get as bad as that, really. That it was just slow, real lack of imagination. It was the same idea. It was trying to get the ball out wide and trying to create chances, but there just wasn't enough quality really at all. And it was a, it was a slow, brutal affair. And uh, yeah, I think one that all Hearts fans were once it was over, they could go back to stress-free <laughs> sad evenings. It does feel good though to sit and watch, albeit from from a computer or a TV screen. It does feel good to actually have the football back and you know Hearts back. Yeah, it does because I, you know, I, I was trying to get myself excited to watch Scottish football when it was back, but you just can't. If it's if Hearts aren't in there, I'm not interested. To be perfectly honest, so yeah, it was good to actually find myself looking forward to a, a game on a Saturday at three, uh, albeit from a TV screen. Um, but I, I think that really, uh, would it, uh, that uh, was just epitomised how bad how bad it could be watching from a TV screen. So I think the sooner we we're back, allowed back into stadiums, the better because. It's hard to get pitched at 12 o'clock to watch a 3 o'clock on the TV, isn't it? You have to be at the game to do that, to be do, for it to be deemed socially acceptable. So, yeah, fine, but not great. Of course, in that game, Walker 
we've discussed them before. Um, missed the penalty in the last minute. Is he the right man to be taking the penalties, Gordon? Nope, uh, I don't think so. I think I've, I've been critical of Walker's penalty taken before. Uh, Ross County away comes to mind. Um, he's missed a couple. Listen, I think penalties for some reason is something Hearts have struggled with over the past, I don't know, 10 years, I think. Um, I don't know what it is since Kevin Kyle probably left. Um, yeah, it's bizarre. You know, it was a poor penalty kick. He didn't look confident when he stepped up. Um, I think, you know, going forward this season, I think Liam Boyce has to be the man that takes the spot kicks because, you know, I think he's a striker. I always believe strikers should take penalties anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a, a big fan of the captain necessarily having to take them because they're wearing the armband or all this sort of or defenders or something like that. I think, you know, ultimately the best penalty taker will be your striker because that's their job. They score goals. Um, and you've seen these penalties, winning penalty for Northern Ireland in, in the playoffs the other night there. They just literally brought him on in the 120th minute of extra time and then fired, you know, I think it might have been his only touch of the ball was scoring the, the winning penalty. So, um, you know, if you can take a penalty in a playoff game, a massive one like that, then surely you can hold your nerve in the Scottish Championship. So I would be, uh, I'd be encouraging him to take take the, the the spot kicks this season and to up his tally. And I believe he took all of Ross County's penalties when he was he was at Ross County. So um, so hopefully he'll be the man to take them. I think Naismith's in the same boat as Walker. You know he's missed a few uh, as well. Um, listen, by all means, guys like Walker and Naismith can be backup for penalties, but I think ultimately it's, it's got to be uh, Boyce who takes them going forward. Um, but it was a poor spot kick. It really was. Wraith Rovers at home in the um, League Cup um, group stage. I mean, it should be another routine win, you could argue. Um, Wraith just coming up from League One. Um, yeah, I think we've got to be smashing these because put out a statement first and foremost to, you know, because I mean, listen, if we don't have beaten teams 1 0, sides are about, mm, especially Dundee coming up Friday, they'll be thinking, well, they, you know, these aren't playing particularly well. You know what I mean? I think we, you know, we might fancy ourselves here. Um, so I think it's important that we put down a bit of a marker and get some momentum ourselves going into that big game because I always firmly believe that the way you start a season defines you going forward. And I think, you know, you look back to Hearts' last championship campaign, they had the big, the, the two biggest games to start off with, Rangers and Hibs, they won them both and that took them on a, an incredible run of form. You know, arguably Dundee is the biggest game this season, so we get them out the road. If we can get a routine win, uh, you know, get 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 those three points on the mark, then then that sets us off. That gets us going. And I think we've got to use the Wraith game as a springboard towards that Dundee game. You know, although there isn't a lot of time between the two the, the two games, but I think it's important that we try and lay down a marker and and get a few goals on the board and and get everybody feeling good and looking forward towards Friday. Is there an argument, David, that we sort of play a weakened team against Wraith Rovers so we don't give too much away to Dundee? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't personally. You know, this could all be a false sense of security and we could beat Dundee 6-0. Okay, you're playing the mind games here. You're going very football manager <laughs> on Dundee. No, I, I, I just think, yeah, the same regard. You just have to go and, and really lay down a marker to Dundee. You can't be letting them coming down and thinking that their hearts are there for the taking. Uh, especially on the, the first game of the season, they'll be right up for it. Uh, they know this is this is by far their biggest game of the season, playing us uh, at Tyne Castle. So you know, 
Uh, but we need to go out and, and like you say, Wraith being the, probably the weakest team in the league, just coming up uh, as well, uh, you know, we should be going out there and really, um, yeah, put the game to bed pretty early on. Dundee, obviously, made a few effective signings during this window, um, bringing in Osmond So and bringing in Charlie Adam as well. I mean, do they look like the, the closest challengers potentially to Hearts in the championship this season? Osmond So's ankles will be uh, under a glass. They'll be gone within 45 minutes of running, so I don't think that'll be much of a problem. The man's as injury-prone as I've ever seen. And Char- Charlie Adam, he'll, he'll probably be a half-decent sign-in for this level, but again, I, I, I think he'll be a busted flush. But if you think about it, they've got a midfield of Charlie Adam and I think Graham Dorans is still at Dundee. Um, there's absolutely no excuse for Hearts not to beat them. Um, you know, the, the the fact of the matter remains, Hearts have got a bigger and more expensive squad and, you know, obviously we can't do anything for granted because we got relegated last season. But, you know, for me, we've got to be winning this league. I don't think we should be losing a game, but after watching the first two performances, you're a bit like... Uh, <laughs> Um, but really, we should still be winning this 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 league by at least twenty points. Um, with all due respect to Dundee, you know it's not as if we're up against Hibs and Rangers here. Um, likewise, same with with you know Inverness and Rafe Rovers and all these sort of teams in the league. Um, I actually have a sneaky feeling that Dunfermline will be the dark horse this year, and they might just be the team who's uh, who's potentially maybe that finishes second this year. Um, I think they are. They, they, they look all right. Um, yeah. it's, a tight, it's a tight league and uh, teams will inevitably take points off each other. We've just got to hope that we remain consistent and uh, and try and get the league wrapped up as quickly as we possibly can. Will there be a meltdown if we get beat off Dundee? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely wouldn't like to be uh, looking at Twitter on Friday at 9.45 if we do get beat. Uh, <laughs> I'll be, I'll look at, put it this way, I'll be furious if we do get beat off Dundee first game of the season just like most fans will be we're expected to go out there and, and win every game this season I know it's that that very rarely if ever comes to fruition but Hearts should be looking at every team this season and looking to beat them so to lose first game of the season against Dundee at home would be uh, pretty abysmal uh, I think I, even a draw would be a disaster yeah, yeah a draw would be such a let down you've got to go out there and, and get three points it's as simple as that anything, anything under that would be just not good enough I don't know why you're laughing, Ross. I mean, honestly, like I, I think anything other than three points is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh no, so not do I. It's not, it's not good enough. So, so do I. I'm, I'm laughing at the, the thought of it happening, just to see everybody's reaction. <laughs> I'm, I'm past laughing. You know what I mean? We, 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 we had another. The brunt of the jokes last year. I, it's now turned to me. Right, let's stop fucking about here and get on with it because we need. You know, this is a huge month for us coming up. So the banter years might be over at Tancastle. I'm not interested in banter years anymore. I'm in the anger years now, and uh, and the fact is we've got to we've got to we've got to start getting our act together now, and get back up to the Premier League as quickly as we possibly can. There's no excuse now because you know he's he's been well backed. He's got his squad. Uh, he's got a good squad, and ultimately he needs to get the best out of them. And um, and listen, this this month for me will make or break our season already. And uh, listen, it, it might. It might sound ridiculous because we're just starting to play football again, but that that's the fact. Uh, the, the fact remains it will make or break our season. We will talk about the Hibs um, Scottish Cup semi-final a wee bit later on in the show, um, but we're going to maybe look and talk about a few sign-ins that we've made. Stephen Kingsley signed last week for Hearts. Looks a decent enough sign-in. I mean, he played a decent enough level championship last season. 
in England. Obviously, Hickey leaving was a blow, but I think Kingsley's a very good placement. Uh, he's versatile and he can play in a couple of positions. He's experienced. And he's at a good age as well where, you know, um, if Hearts can kind of tie him, tie him down, you know, if he, if, he, if he has a good season, then we get him on a, a longer-term deal, then, you know, he could be Hearts' left back for the next few years. Because um, that's what ultimately the club needs is, is a stable back four, and I think he'll certainly add that because he has qualities going forward and defending. Um, with the greatest respect to Hicken, you know, going forward, he was fantastic and he was excellent on the ball, but defensively he got caught out a few times last season, and that's because he's, you know, he's, he's a young lad and you expect that, but he was playing in a back four that wasn't confident and, and was leaking goals. You know, I think the fact that we now have a, a, a from what looks like a stable back four when you add Smith and, and Kingsley into that, um, you know, I think the the only issue that maybe Nielsen will have is who partners Halkett. I think it looks like um, the the new lad, Pescu. Um, you know, I think him and Halkett will probably be our centre-half pairing. Difficult to say if Suter will, will get himself back. I think, um, and then obviously you have Craig Gordon there as well. So, Ultimately, we've got to have a stable back four because going forward, I think it's never really been the issue. Certainly, it wasn't last season for me. We were still scoring plenty of goals. Uh, the problem was defensively, we were a shambles. So, um, obviously, they've got that sorted. And I think Kingsley will certainly add to, to the back four. It's a, it's a good bit of business for me. Craig Gordon will make a huge difference, David. Yeah, 100%. You know, we've been crying out for a, a goalkeeper since uh, John McLaughlin left and it really hasn't helped our uh, back four as a whole because they know any time the ball goes in behind we're conceding a goal because the goalkeeper's just not good enough. So it'll be nice to have a safe pair of hands and we've already seen that from the Inverness game. You know, his first save of note was an unbelievable save uh, to keep us in the game at nil-nil. So yeah, Craig Gordon will uh, be a huge benefit to the squad this season and uh, I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll, we wouldn't be surprised if he keeps uh, a, a Huge amount of clean sheets this season. Is he still good enough to play for Scotland, Gordon? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's good enough, but I think he should be concentrating more on spending his last couple of years uh, with Hearts. You know, I understand why he wants to be a part of the national team, especially because we're on the cusps of potentially getting to our first major tournament um, in 20-odd years, and it would probably be his only major tournament. So uh, I could totally understand him wanting to be a part of the squad, but I think realistically... It looks like David Marshall will have the gloves. I think John McLaughlin is doing well at Rangers. Um, I think I've, I've, I've been an advocate for him to, to get an international call for a long time. Um, he's, he, he's a really good goalkeeper, and I think there's a lot of young keepers coming through. So I think, you know, Craig Gordon's time in the international scene is probably over, but I can understand why he still has those ambitions. Likewise, Naismith as well. Um, I just think that it's probably time for them to maybe just give up on them and, and concentrate fully on Hearts because, let's be honest with you, uh, they're both being paid a very good wage, so they should really be focusing uh, directly on, on Hearts and getting us back up to the top. But I think Craig Gordon uh, absolutely could still play at that level, but I think um, you know, the fact that he wasn't included in the, the this squad in particular probably highlights that maybe his, his time's up. Andy Halliday also signed, David. Good good signing? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, I would uh, definitely say that it's a little bit of grit and aggression we've maybe kind of lacked for a few years in centre of the field. Uh, someone that you know will take the game by the scruff of the neck. And I think you know uh, from watching uh, Halliday uh, from his time at Rangers that you know he's, he's going to give you nothing less than 100% in, that, in midfield. 
So yeah, definitely a good sign. And I don't imagine he'll start every week, um, especially with with Haran being there. You know, they play a, a slightly similar law. I'd argue maybe Harley goes forward a little bit more than Haran, um, but they both like to kind of sit and maybe try and dictate play from the back. Um, I think he will. I think he will play every week. I mean, I, I, I hope he does. Or I hope he plays at least most weeks. I, do, I just don't know how Nielsen's going to... Uh, I think he won't play uh, much at the start, I think, because he, I think he's even said himself, fitness-wise, you know, yeah. he's not played for yeah. quite a while. So I think it'll take him a month or two maybe to get up to speed. But, you know, I think it'll be a really good signing for us and I think he'll, he'll, shows, uh, he'll be worth his weight in gold, I imagine, come the end of the season. He'll be a, a really good asset to this team. Where does his signing leave Andy Irvin? No, I, th- I think Irvin will still play a big part. Um, you know, he might not play every week, but I think he'll still he'll still play more in his fair share of games. Um, he's just been called up to the under twenty ones. I think yeah. Parts need to look at getting him tied down the long term deal. In my opinion, um, I think he's came on leaps and bounds in the last last year. So I think he's somebody we should be looking at developing. I mean, obviously, he signed three wingers as well: um, Jordan Roberts, Josh Ganelli, and um, Elliot Freer. Three good signings. Roberts did, in fact, impress me. Yeah, yeah. Same, same, same as me. I, I was going to say that. You know, I thought uh, he looks a big, strong, kind of confident boy. Uh, good on the ball. Can take a man on. Um, I thought he looked quite good out there. Hopefully, he'll he'll continue to impress. And of course, on the way out, Tinkas, we've already talked about Aaron Hickey um, making his debut. Made his debut a few weeks ago, actually, for Bologna. It's a good move for him, David. Yeah, definitely. Uh, by the looks of it, he'll be start. He'll be starting every week, judging by uh, the first couple of weeks he's played for Bologna, and he seems to be doing quite well. Best of luck to the lad. You know, I think it'll probably do better for him uh, for his overall career development than playing for the Bayern B team that he was going to possibly play for, because there was no chance he was going to be <laughs> playing in the, the Bundesliga. He would have been would have been in the, the Dritte Bundesliga. But yeah, good good luck to the lad. I'm sure he'll have a good career over there, judging by his first couple of performances. Seems to have won over the Bologna faithful, <laughs> and the the hearts faithful still fall on him. Uh, is every move? I mean, I mean, I, I think I think the announcement video certainly helped by the looks of things. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that definitely brought in a new uh, core support <laughs> for Bologna, the, the Scottish, the hearts Bologna uh, supporters club that I don't think anyone two years ago would have ex- imagined existed. But there you are. And obviously, Anthony McDonald also left, which was a bit of a surprise on deadline day. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 listen, that that was disappointing. Uh, I have to say, I think he's a, I think he's a really good player, uh, a young lad who you could argue you could put him in Walker's position. And I think he'd be more effective out in that position than what Walker has been, um, because you know he's quicker, he's and he can play a little bit. So um, that, that 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 frustrated me a little bit. That one. I agree with Gordon. I, I always thought that uh, McDonald was one player that I thought had a real. Uh, so uh, so much quality uh, that he possessed in his game, and you know he, he only ever really got gl- glimpses to show it. And when he did, he looked really, really impressive. But it just seemed that he was deemed surplus to requirements by, like you say, we don't know who probably Nielsen. And uh, you know he, he's got his move away uh, to is it Spain? Yes, yes, yeah. um, in the third division of Spanish football. Right. So yeah. I, I'm disappointed because I thought that maybe this season he would have played a lot more than he probably ever had done in his Hearts career before. But uh, not to be, so there you are. It is quite worrying, though, from a club point of view because we seem to just let young players leave. Yeah, we we, we do. Um, I think it's because we have so many of them. But it annoys me because we let these kids' contracts run down 
uh, Patterson being a prime example. Um, and in the end, you know, they leave for absolutely nothing. And, you know, Patterson left for nothing uh, because he's sending our deal. But obviously, we got, I think we got some sort of development fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also, I mean, he's just moved to Sheffield Wednesday. And I think we only got like 80 grand or something from his sell on yeah. fee. Which is ridiculous because I think Callum Parson has all the attributes to become a top top player, um, and England suits him. And you feel like if Cardiff had stayed up in the Premier League and he continued to play and he hadn't got that injury, um, you know he, he may have one of the top clubs may have signed him. Um, I think if Hearts had had him on a long term deal, Hearts could have got a couple of million for him at the time. Um, so that one annoyed me. And then you know you look back to to Hickey as well. They had to take a slashed price for him, because the, the the amount of actual interest. That, that, that was in uh, for for Hickey and to only sell him for 1.4 million regardless if he's 17 or not um, I think it's poor um, I think that the club have got to get a grip you know if they want to if they want to adopt the policy of developing young players and selling them on they've got to have these guys on long-term deals and they've got to actually do it properly um, so it's again it's, it's poor bit business for the club also, also sh- shows the club are, are sort of in a non-risk sort of environment. Right, they they they, they, waste, they waste money in hoodies, and and it's a fact. You know, I mean, look at the amount of pish that we've actually watched over the last three years that we've signed on big wages, uh, big money, and then we're back to the championship again. And I, I just, you know, it really frustrates me because there's not enough people asking these questions of Hearts. Our transfer policy. In fact, our entire policy of the way we run our football club over the past three, four years has been a disgrace. It's Robbie Nielsen, David the man, to bring youth through at the club. I mean, he brought a lot of young players. There was a lot of young players he inherited in his first spell. But he seems to have just, he seems to have signed players that, you know, have played in England. I know we're in the championship, but surely a lot of young Scottish players would actually want to come and play for Hearts. Yeah, they do, and I think a lot of young Scottish players do end up going to Hearts and Youth team uh, as well. And you think that this would be a, a good season if ever to, to bring some, uh, at least a, a good amount of youth through. But it looks like Nielsen's got his idea that he wants to play the, the youth, maybe some youth players that have already established themselves in the Hearts first team over the last couple of years and blend that in with some experience. Um, like you say, he was maybe given a... a bit of a, a helping hand in his first season because obviously we had to play so much youth in the in the season we got relegated from the Premiership that he kind of had no choice although he, he did sign some players to embellish that um, but yeah it does look like he's not quite willing to do so much youth um, play, uh, playing so much youth this year time will tell time will tell this season uh, I'd like to hope that I mean look he played that young boy yesterday uh, 18 years of age uh, for his first game Maybe we'll see more of him this season, who knows? Uh, and maybe we'll see a couple other players like him. Uh, but he does seem like, you say, he signed a lot from down south uh, that he'd done before. I kind of hope he doesn't go through the same motions as he did in his last time because he did sign a lot of players. Uh, well, from well, the, well, the Callum Morrison deal, this is one that annoys me because I think Callum Morrison is, uh, is an exciting young player who has been a bit unlucky with injuries. Um, but I thought he'd done well uh, in his kind of breakthrough season when he came back from, from his loan spells. Um, you know, last season as well, he, he was injured a little bit. But, you know, he said himself, he said he was a bit surprised that he was told that he could go because he had worked under Nielsen before. He was under the impression that Nielsen liked him. And, you know, although we're in the championship, he thought he was going to get, you know, more game time than he would have done under 
you know, Stendhal stayed and, and all that sort of thing. So he, he, you know, he himself admitted that he was surprised when he was he was told that he can go for nothing. That things like that, you know, Nielsen came in and said he needs to add pace to the team. But there's a young lad who's already on the books who can clearly add pace to the team. Yet he's been told that he can go and find another club while we go and bring other players in who inevitably will be on more money than him. Um, so things like that, I think, need to be asked. Why are you doing that? And why, you know, and, and, and a, a deal like that justified because that confuses me, I have to say. It's just, it, it just sort of stinks of, of of doing the same thing, same old hearts. You know, we've never ever brought, we've never ever brought a player through and I've, without necessity of bringing a player through. I mean, you look, you look at some of the players that have left the Hearts youth set up and went on to better things. For example, you know, you can even you can, you can even say Jason Cummins had a decent enough career. The other boy, Doig, that plays for Hibs just now as well. You know, we seem to be just letting go of these players left, right and centre. You know, I mean, you only need to look at the Celtic team, for example. And they've still got players that they've brought through. Yeah, they've just sold Tierney, but, you know, McGregor and things like that who, who have came into the team. You know, they've still got a blend of players that have came through their youth system. Yeah, they've bought and they've, they've brought players in, but ultimately they've still got a, a core group of, of players that they've actually brought through. Um, and I think to be a, a successful club, you've got to have that sort of crop of players that you do bring through and then you can add quality here and there. And I think, unfortunately, you know, we get to a stage where it's almost like your face doesn't fit, they'll bin you rather than what you can actually do in a football park. And that's all wrong. Yeah, there was there was talk when we when we went up the last time or we went down to the championship the last time that that was the ambition, David, to, you know, sort of bring players in, bring young players in. We've we've clearly failed at that. Yeah, we have. And look, no one's saying that. Like, obviously, uh, Gordon mentioned there about Callum McGregor, and obviously he's still playing for Celtic, and he's, they still have that blend of youth, uh, youth players that came through. No one's expecting Hearts to bring through a youth player and still be playing there ten years later. Because obviously that's not going to happen with a club like Hearts. We are inevitably going to sell them on. But we've not done that. You couldn't name me a proper player that's played at Hearts for four or five years, made a proper name for themselves, been the start, been, a, been like the top player for Hearts, and we've sold and made a huge profit on them. It's just not happened. And uh, yeah, it, it, it does really, it does boil uh, my blood, and I'm sure loads of, loads of other Hearts fans as well, because it's something that most clubs out there in Scotland at least try and do, or successfully do. And it doesn't even make me bother. We just try and get uh, players from other places, get them in on the cheap, and then try and sell them on. That doesn't work because at the end of the day, if clubs are letting them go for that cheap, they can't be that good unless they're getting some serious problems with the coaching down there. So it's something that Hearts need to try and rectify soon. Otherwise, you know, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. You keep doing it, it's going to be the same pish, isn't it? So we're going to move on and um, we're going to start a new feature. In the lead up to the Scottish Cup semi-final, we've decided to pick um, an alternative Derby eleven. Now, this Derby eleven has to have players that probably didn't shine so brightly in a Hearts jersey, but did find a way to beat Hibs. Um, it could be any player that's won against Hibs, but the thing is, they have to be either bang average or have been absolutely rubbish in any other game or every other game at Tincastle. So, obviously we've got to pick our formation first. So, what formation do you think we should go for for our alternative Hearts 11 that would still beat Hibs in the Scottish Cup semi-final coming up? 4-3-3, I think. 4-3, are we going 4-3-3, David? What, what? 
Hey, look, I'm happy to go with any formation. It doesn't matter what formation we play. We usually beat him. Yeah, you're, but, you're just the T boy. That's all you're interested in. Well, I'm having to think on the spot here. I haven't had a chance to, to know about this. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking on my feet here. Thinking on your feet, what, what, who would be your, your strikers? Big names. So we're just playing the one striker then. It is an alternative of living, so we can we can play as many strikers as you want. <laughs> My suggestion, um, well, the person I thought of at the start of all this was Christian Naddy. Scored two goals against Hibs. That the belly goal was, you know, fantastic. You know, if you... yeah, I don't think he ever scored an actual winner against Hibs. I mean, he equalised against Hibs at Easter Road, and then he he scored the first goal on the two 0 Scottish Cup win. Mm. Um, I don't think he ever scored a home goal against them either. Um, certainly a double at Easter Road against them, but I think um, I think Naddy should be captain just for the fact that when he actually left Hearts, all the goals that he, he then went on to score against Hibs. So I think he deserves the armband in, in leading the line. So so he's not just leading the line; he's 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 the captain. With with oh for me, in. absolutely. Yeah, and all in after his spells in the championship for numerous different clubs scoring against Hibs. He scored against Hibs for Dumbarton and Wraith Rovers, if I'm right in saying. Yeah, and I'm sure there might have been another one that he scored. I'm sure there was. He just always seemed to score against Hibs. Yeah. Certainly Wraith and Dumbarton, I remember he definitely scored against. He used to pop. It's like every time he used to play against them, you just you just seen it pop up on the on the wee uh, score not and monitor thing. Uh, goal. <laughs> See Naddy. <laughs> <laughs> it was always at Easter Road as well. <laughs> I, know, I know. That's why. That's why he's getting the armband. Right. So Christian Naddy is up front in our four-three-three. Um, two more spaces in the strikers this week. Um, it's got to be Gary Glenn, isn't it? Yeah, I was just about to say Gary Glenn. I mean, he's beaten Hibs about four or five times, but maybe he was the most pointless striker I've seen in the Hearts jersey. Scored a couple against Hibs, scored in a 2-1 win against them at Tynecastle and uh, obviously scored in the Scottish Cup uh, 2-0 win as well. Um, So he he scored a few, but I mean, he also hit the post as well against Hibs and stuff. (laughs) um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's he's missed a few chances as well, but he he has scored a a couple against them. Uh, Are we allowed to place David Abua in this position? Well, well, I was thinking David Abua because he did score against Hibs in that position. Yeah, shoot. I mean, would he be in a four-three-three? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I, I don't think it's for us to say, really. I, I, th- I think we just let the gods decide. It's up to the dud manager, really. You know. <laughs> John well, McGlynn. We can't. No, no, he never beat Hibs. He, he, there's no, no danger. He's getting the job. That's the thing, John McGlynn. John McGlynn can't didn't beat Hibs, so he he's not, doesn't qualify to be the manager. I mean, there's only one man who can be the the, the manager. I think who has the best record against Hibs uh, overall. Levine. Exactly. Nah. <laughs> Who happened to actually never? I mean, he very he only ever lost Hibs once at home, in his entire managerial career at Hearts, so, uh, and that was that uh, fluky two-one win that they got uh, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, for me, is uh, Levine would have to be the gaffer, surely. So, so not Levine. that he would ever play four-three-three, but still. So Levine, well, it could be a four-five-one, which Levine loved. Um, Four-six-zero. <laughs> Four six zero. Why not? Why not? So, are we are we going to put Greg Levine in? I know we weren't meant to pick the manager today, but um, we'll put Greg Levine in as manager. Oh, I'd say so. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Who would Craig Levine then pick as the two strikers to join as his captain, fantastic Christian Naddy? 
I think Glenn would definitely yeah, be the team. Yeah, yeah, Gary Glenn has to be. Right. He scored and he scored and he was completely shite, so yeah. I think that constitutes a, a, a place in the team. Yeah. That's pretty much what we're looking for, really, isn't it? Basically, able to beat Hibs and not be very good. That That's the... <laughs> That that's the ambition here. So Gary Glenn and Christian Nadi are in our three. Mm-hmm. Was Murmurs about a boor? Mm. I don't know if he'd play in a three. That's the thing. Well, you know, this is like like we said. I mean, and would Levine play a boor? Would Levine pick a boor to play on left or right side of Nadi in a front three? Yes, yes, he would. <laughs> yes, I think you're right. Yes, <laughs> yes. But I'm playing fucking wing back or something in a back six or some bollocks like that. I think we should put Egbert Jonsson in there. Yeah, I wouldn't say Egbert was a dud. Yeah, I thought Jonsson was a good player. He was a dud up front against Falkirk that one time he played up front. That one time. <laughs> I will really wonder he's a fucking defensive midfielder. <laughs> they still played him up front and he's beat Hibbs. <laughs> Nah, what not you for me. Fucking front three then. <laughs> I think the front three is surely going to be, you know, Bua, Glenn and Nadi. I mean, that's as dud as you can Who get. all ironically played in the same squad together. They did, didn't they? I don't think they ever played all at the same time, though. That would have been a catastrophe. I Possibly, they might have done. I will go back and check this, if they all did play together at once. I'm sure they might have done. Do you know that? I, you know, certainly that season we finished third under Laszlo, mm. we were all part of that squad. If there's anyone um, out there who can let us know, please I, do. I, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't totally surprise me if they all did. I'm, I'm sure they, they will have done at some point. I'm sure someone will know in the Hearts support. I, I will actually go and check that. I'm, I'm sure um, I'm sure London Hearts have, have stats on yeah. who's played with who and stuff like that. So I will check that. So we're definitely going with Gary Glenn, Christian Nadi and David Abua. Yeah, the terrible trio. Times two. I mean, and Levine's manager we've picked as well. Fantastic. I'd... One in the league, that combination. <laughs> yeah, league two. Well, I mean, we've got another couple of weeks of this and it's it's going to be magic. Um, midfield next week and obviously um, defence and goalkeeper the week after. So, David, you, you have got a few weeks to decide. Your... Revealing the squad before the semi? Yes, we will reveal the squad before the semi um, and we'll obviously pick it. You know, talking about the semi, it, it's a must win, isn't it? Oh, of course. I mean, it, I think for Nielsen more than anybody because, you know, his first spell was defined by... That Scottish Cup game against Hibs, and um, you know his derby record overall uh, as a manager was poor. Uh, he only won the one. Um, I think ultimately for him to almost gain the trust of the heart support back uh, fully, anyway, uh, would be by going to win this game. Now I'm not saying he's going to win the Scottish Cup. Um, eventually, he will need to go and win something if he has if he wants to be a successful manager of the football club. But I think at the moment, first and foremost, is getting to that final and beating them. Um, huge, huge game for him. Um, and the squad of players, you know, and how obviously they'll... they'll um, because, I mean, ultimately, if they beat Hibs, it buys them time. Uh, simple as that. Because, I mean, even if, you know, they... Uh, listen, I think they will win the league, but if it was a struggle and it went down to the latter stages of the season, that that, that winning against Hibs would, would buy them some grace. 
um, certainly, and, and you know, fans maybe wouldn't be as hard on them. You know, if they lose to Hibs and, you know, they have a sluggish uh, kind of mid-season and they aren't performing when fans come back, they'll soon care about it. Well, you've heard it here first. Nielsen must win against Hibs. Doesn't matter about the result in the cup final. You know, we might we might win that. You know, or we're probably Celtic again. Um, thank you both for joining me this week. Um, we played Dundee in the opening game of the Championship on uh, Friday. Hopefully, we've got um, a lot of positive, um, a lot of positive stuff to talk about after that. And hopefully, we won't be moaning after a one 0 win. And yeah, thanks for listening to us. Until next time, goodbye.